What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. I'm Ben. We're here to bring you our opinions and our news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 202. One of the best episodes of the year. I know one of, one of Ben's personal favorites, one of my personal favorites. Uh, we have our, our, our draft guru here, Ben, doing his one and only mock draft. He only needs one. He doesn't need 17 or 18. He doesn't start doing them two weeks after the draft, guessing. He waits till he has the facts. And he presents you his best attempt at, at, at guessing all 31, thanks to the Dolphins tampering, which nobody ever talks about. Nope. Uh, all 31 picks from uh, this year's first round of the 2023 NFL Draft. Uh, before we get to that, though, we will discuss, of course, the Aaron Rodgers trade, finally. Uh, I'm personally happy about this, much like when LaDainian Tomlinson went from the Chargers to the Jets, because now many things that I dislike are all in one place, the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. So that's that's tremendous. Uh, the trade was uh, Jets trade a 13th overall pick, a second-round pick, a sixth-round pick, and a conditional 2024 second-round pick. That can become a first-round if Rodgers plays at least 65% of the snaps, which he, of course, will if he's healthy, mm-hmm. uh, in exchange for Aaron Rodgers and uh, the Jets, uh, or excuse me, the Packers, uh, 15 picks. So the Jets swap first round picks from 13 to 15 with the Packers this year. Uh, we talked about it a bit before we started recording. I, I don't think it's that bad of a haul for a, a quarterback of his age who is a known headache. Uh, mm-hmm. All the stuff he's tried passing off the last few months about how, oh, he loves it there and. The day his hand was forced and all this, and he's unhappy and all that. It's it's nonsense. It's This guy is fine until everything doesn't go his way. Then he tries to find someone to blame. He chased Mike McCarthy out of town despite the fact that Mike McCarthy in an elite defense are the only reason Aaron Rodgers has one Super Bowl ring. Because God knows right. when it's on his shoulders, he folds in the playoffs like origami. Hmm. Um, especially when it's against the 49ers. Uh, and it was McCarthy's fault, and then he wasn't happy with Matt LaFleur, and then they, they draft uh, Jordan Love because they're going to have to find some replacement for him because it wasn't going well with him, and, oh, no, I want to be here now. Gets a contract extension, gets paid an asinine amount of money, still isn't happy, still wants all these receivers, still wants, you know, has the best receiver in the game, essentially gets, you know, Devontae Adams, that essentially gets chased away to Oakland, or excuse me, to Las Vegas with the Raiders because... Packers couldn't offer him a contract because he didn't know where Rodgers stood, didn't know what their cap space was going to be. Uh, but it's never Aaron's fault. Always somebody else's problem. Uh, I will say this. He does make the Jets better. On top of a lot of their young talent they drafted last year. Uh, you know, um, Gardner, I refuse to call a grown man sauce, but Gardner uh, is tremendous defensive rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Looks like he has the stuff to be a defensive player of the year for years to come. Uh, uh, Garrett Wilson looks like a hit. He, he was really good last year with really inconsistent quarterback play. Uh, he should see a major uptick. Uh, they drafted all 700 people that, um, or, or picked up all 700 people on Rodgers' hmm. wish list before they even traded for him. Right. So they have everybody. I'm half expecting Randall Cobb to come walk to the door at any moment because Rodgers will need 47 receivers. Uh, they picked up Lazard. They picked up other people he liked. Um, They've done everything to cater to this guy. It's all great now. Uh, your, your your thoughts on what this means for the division and 
what version of Rodgers are we getting? Because that is the key. You might get a Rodgers where everything goes great, but what if the Jets go out and they have this, this big, oh, they're great, and there's all these pictures of him showing up at Jets facilities, and he's hugging the owner, and he's hugging Robert Sala, and he's all high-fiving the coaching staff, and he's all lovey-dovey with him. What happens the first time he throws Garrett Wilson a ball 60 yards down the sideline and Wilson can't haul it in because Rodgers overthrew him? Right. What happens if if injuries start to mount up and the team isn't performing the way they should? Or Rodgers performs the way he did the first half of last season, which was terrible, especially by his standards. What happens? Do we get to watch an epic implosion and we get to see yet another situation where the Jets thought, which is just fantastic to think about, um, where they think they found their answer and they just don't. They're left with more questions. Uh, or is he going to go in there and they're going to win 12 games? What do you think is the more likely scenario? How does this affect everybody? Um, how does it affect the division? What do you think? So let's uh, – because there's obviously, you know, listening to a little a little sports radio this morning, and I'll probably catch some while I'm out mowing a little bit later after we're done. Uh, oh, only in the Northeast can you roll for your second time when it's 55 degrees out. Only in the Northeast, I'll tell you. <laughs> Um, it's, it's a little bit of a, you know, are the Patriots the doormat of division? Are they number four? You know, is, what's this going to be like for the future? How are we going to feel about being the bottom of the barrel? This is what I'd say to all the Patriots fan. It's one season at, at most, I think maybe two, but I think it's going to be one season at most. And then then it's it's going to start falling apart because you know and I know they may make the they may win the division or at minimum they'll be the number 1 wild card team they're not making it out of the AFC there's just too much no first off you got to usurp Patrick Mahomes and that's probably not going to happen no. and then you got Joe Burrow behind him and in division for what you for all his you know what the bills have been the past few years where they're, as you put it, they're acting like they've won something when they haven't, you still have to go through them because they've won it the past few years. So I like their pieces. I like a lot of what they're doing. It's just, you got to prove it on the, on the field. And if I'm, I'm a fan out there, it's like, wait until, you know, if you're the Patriots fans, wait till you see the finished product um wait till you see what uh training camp looks like see what we see uh because i want to see what mac jones does clearly they're not going to the lamar jackson direction the rumors about them drafting will levis is smokescreen um there's a lot going on around that and i just don't buy it first oh, off he's not gonna be yeah yeah, there's, yeah they're not drafting he, levis at 14 there's no way he, he visited this past week, which, okay, there's a possibility he could drop that low. But, I mean, you're just doing due diligence at that point. I don't think he's coming to New England. I don't think Bill would reset. Knowing he's – whatever he says about being close to the record, uh, he's not going to reset at when he's like, like two seasons away from getting an all-time record no. with another rookie quarterback. It's just not going to happen. Um, they're going to work with Mac Jones this year. If it bottoms out, then guess what? You got Caleb Williams coming out next year, who 
is a great quarterback. There's a couple other ones. My personal favorite is J.J. McCarthy from Michigan, which, you know, obvious bias there. But um, And there's a couple other ones. Uh, um, Drake May out of uh, North Carolina. He's pretty good. Uh, and then, obviously, Chris, we always know there's a riser. There's a riser. we got a couple of them here. Mm-hmm. But there's always risers during the season. So I think there's talent coming out next year. There's talent every year. That's that's kind of the problem now at quarterback. There's a lot of talent coming each and every year. And if we have to find another answer, that's fine. But wait till the season starts. Wait till we see what we get with the draft. I don't think they're going to be the doormat. I think this is going to be a highly competitive division. That's what I think. The, the Bills have their warts. You know and I know what the warts are for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I've talked to a Dolphins fan yesterday, and he's very much questioning the the um, Tua his learning to fall will correct his uh, issues. Um, oh, he needs to learn still... how to stand up more. That's the problem. He needs to be more <laughs> on his feet. Falling's right. a problem. He keeps hitting. I mean, I don't even mean to make light of it with the concussions, but he keeps hitting his head because he's falling. The last thing he needs to do is fall more. Well, that's what the Miami fan pointed out. I was like, well, if we can just pass protect a little bit. 100%. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. So there's – and then the Jets, we don't know – we just don't know what's going to become of it because he's had talent. He had Devontae Adams for multiple years. The clear favorite as the number one receiver for at least two or three years. Oh, yeah. And he did not – and he did nothing with it. No. You could say the defense is better in New York. Okay, I'll grant you that. Sure, yeah, I'll go with that. But they had talent on defense there, too. So, um, and great, he has Nathaniel Hackett, who was his offensive coordinator before. Nathaniel Hackett bombed in Denver as the head coach. Um, And Robert Sala, who's clearly a defensive-minded coach, who's just going to let Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers run the offense. That's fine. I would do the same thing if I were Robert Sala. It's just Aaron Rodgers is a question mark. You don't know, like you pointed out, you don't know what you're going to get. So it, it's not sky has fallen. I don't think they're going to be uh, the Patriots are the doormat. It's going to be a highly competitive division. Look at what happened with the Jets when they lost Brees Hall. And he was a rookie. And they lost him. They they acquired James Robinson. I think they acquired, yeah, acquired James Robinson. It didn't work. They weren't the same. And they fell apart, and now they are where they are. A useless first-round pick in Zach Wilson. Um, and they had a trade for Aaron Rodgers, albeit they didn't have to give up as much as I would have thought they would have had to give up. They're still potentially going to have to give up their 2020, what was that, 2025 or 2024 first-round? Uh, 2024, the, the uh, okay. um, conditional he's pick? Gonna play. Yeah. Yeah, it's 2024, yeah. So he's he's going to play 60, like – Outside of a serious injury, he's going to play 65% of the snaps. They're going to lose their first-round pick for next year. I I just – I don't buy it till I see it. You know, if I if I was if I was going to put money on it, I would put money on the Bills. Second would probably be the Dolphins. And then it's a toss-up between the Pats and the, and the Packers – or the, the Jets. But – as far as getting out, when you go outside the division, like that's a whole other story. There's a very little chance, depending on what they do in the draft, and even that, I don't know if they can get an impact player because they don't need it. Like you pointed out, they have every receiver that, every receiver, tight end, offensive player that Aaron Rodgers desired, except for Odell, 
and their odd their defense is pretty well stacked. So it's just a matter of is Aaron Rodgers going to play like an elite level quarterback? Because if he doesn't, or he gets injured, guess who's coming right in? Mr. Zach Wilson, who's going to make make it hell for that veteran quarterback they brought in. Well, I don't think he's going to make hell for him. Uh, I I just not concerned. Uh, I'm just focused on as a pass fan. I'm focused on the number 14 pick. Yeah, and what the team looks like, the team construct, what we're, what the word out of training camp is, who's who's rising, who's falling, and then we go into the season and see what the season looks like. I'm not concerned. Uh, do I think the the Patriots are Super Bowl team? I don't think they are. But I'm going off for, off the last year. Let's right. see what Bill O'Brien does. That's where I'm at. So, look, the the Jets could be great, but they could also flop hard. There's, I don't think there's, like, when you look at the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Bills even, you're looking at three teams where they're Super Bowl favorites. Them flopping is winning the division and out in the first round. Right, yeah, exactly, yeah. And I don't think the Jets are that. I think the Jets are Super Bowl contenders or they're a top five pick, which – I don't think it'll be a top five pick because they're going to lose the pick. So they're they are a, a bottom five team. So it's 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 polarizing for them for Aaron Rodgers, which is funny because he's a polarizing figure. Yeah. Um, so they saddled themselves to Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be for one, maybe two seasons, and then you know and I know Aaron Rodgers has a lot more things off the off the uh, field that he's looking at. Hell. He went into the caves this past offseason thinking he was going to retire. And then as soon as he comes out and he gets word that they're going to trade him, he unretired. He's not going to retire. So I just – I don't think this is long – this is this is a long-term fix, which they should know that by now, that it's not long-term fix. And Zach Wilson, that fifth-year option is going to come up real quick. You're going to want to pay him that money no. for unproven? No. Yeah, no. So that's my two cents on Aaron Rodgers' trade and 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 the landscape of the AFC. Good for the good for the Packers to get something. They were put in a bad position because of Aaron Rodgers. We'll see where they go. I, I, I don't know about the Packers yet, uh, but at least they're – I think I said it last year. Um, they're making a decision. Right. They're – Right, they're owning that. That Jordan Love is. They need to put Jordan Love in a position to have an opportunity, and we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah, Packers are going to be rebuilding, but like you said, they made a decision. Now they have a direction to go in, and they know they can go there. They have some picks to help rebuild, and they're going to have some some cap space too because they don't have one of the bigger contracts in the league weighing them down anymore. I'm not sure right. if they have any dead cap from the contract or not, whatever. But it won't be long term if they do. The divi- yeah, as far as the division goes, I think it's still Buffalo's division to lose. Right. Um, I agree with you 100% there. Uh, do, uh, again, is New England a Super Bowl contender? Well, probably not. I mean, realistically. I mean, they got Juju Smith-Schuster. Not necessarily psyched about TikTok boy, the antics off the field, but on the field. Uh, if he's put in the right situation, he can be a game changer. He can be. He's shown it before. Yep. Really excited about Tyquan Thornton. He's a speedster who had flashes last year, even in that bad offense. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson looked phenomenal last year. 
If you can keep him healthy and put some people around him to take the load off him, you have him. Mack looked awesome his rookie year and looked lost last year, like the entire offense. I don't blame Mack for that one bit. You can tell he was frustrated. For some reason, Belichick had this pride of like, I have to do it my way, even if it's not working. Didn't make any sense. And I think Robert Kraft went to him and said, if you want to be the coach of this team when you break the record, <laughs> uh, we're going to have to change some things around here. We're going to need an offensive coordinator. We're going to need a guy who comes in and puts a system in place so our young quarterback can develop. They have Hunter Henry, who I think is very good. They got Mike Isicki, who I'm very excited about. They now have dual threat tight ends who can both catch, block. Uh, I mean, do they block like George Kittle? No, but d- decent. And they're good enough with their hands to where they can make an impact. I always thought Kosicki was criminally underrated in Miami, and I'm very excited to have him in New England. On top of Juju, still have Kendrick Bourne, who I am convinced can do really good things. He's got a great head on his shoulders. He has the right mindset. He was just frustrated last year. I can't believe him one bit. I would have been too. A guy like Bill O'Brien is going to know how to use Kendrick Bourne. He's going to know how to use a lot of the other speed on that team that was not utilized last year by whatever whoever the hell was calling offensive plays. Um, Chris, I'm still convinced the story about how Devontae Parker was a acquisition driven by Matt Patricia drove playing time down for Kendrick Bourne. I'm, I still I, I, I subscribe, to, subscribe to that notion that that's what happened. Oh, and, and I can, I can hundred percent see that. It doesn't make a lot of sense yeah. to me because you can put them both on the field because they're both different right. style players. Like, but, but for some uh, reason, it, it's Matt Patricia trying to justify this trade, which everything leads to every rumor, conjecture, expert reports led to Devonte Parker being a Matt Patricia acquisition, right? Driven. And he tried to prove it. And where where's Matt Patricia now, Chris? Uh, is he with the Eagles now? He's with the, he's a senior advisor on defense for the Eagles. Yeah, and that's the guy they had calling offense last year, and he just looked lost if you looked over at him. And he, no, no, at no point last season did he look like he knew what he was doing. Thankfully, Robert Kraft stepped in in the offseason. Look, I love Belichick, and I'm not one of these people who I'm not one of these apocalypse loving Patriots fans who's like, oh, we got to get rid of everything. It's not working out. Now you keep Belichick, but. Look, this season is kind of an important one for him. It is. It's been three years since Tom Brady left the first year. Nobody cared. Nobody gave him grief. We had Cam Newton. We still, I mean, it was still 7-9, and nine, and there's a lot of games that could have been won that were lost in the last few minutes. Okay, you're a young team developing. The following season, they draft Mac. He's clearly the guy. He, you know, he has a very fine rookie season. Looks great. Looks like a smart guy. Going into the second season, everyone's like, this guy works so hard. He's 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 here for us. He's working out with us in the offseason. And then the season starts and everything. Like none it was the most mundane vanilla play call I've ever seen in my life. It was boring. And we have guys on offense that can do things. Taekwon Thornton is a speedster. Kendrick Bourne is a speedster. These guys can stretch the defense. Juju can catch the ball. We have two good tight ends. We have a couple really nice running backs. This team uh, look. Do they have the best player at any position on offense? On defense, you could argue perhaps. On offense, do they? No. They don't have the best quarterback. They don't have the best receiver. They tight end, maybe. Um, But all in all, the sum of the parts is what really, really matters. And that's how the Patriots have always won. They did have Tom Brady also. That really helped. Uh, But some of the parts... 
is greater than his separate pieces. And we'll see. Now they could go out and win five games and flop and doesn't work out. And we got to get rid of this guy, get a new court. Who knows? Who knows? But I do believe the sum of the parts will come together, especially with an offense that is being completely rebuilt around the team they have. This isn't Brady's offense anymore. This is Bill O'Brien. For all the problems they have with Bill O'Brien as a head coach and GM, as a offensive coordinator, that dude is on the ball. He knows his stuff. He's building this around Mac and around the players they have. If this doesn't work, then you have to start over and rebuild different pieces because it just won't work. The, if this doesn't work, Chris, um, the in in the the replacement for Bill Belichick is already in house for GM and for head coach. Uh, I don't know his name for GM. He's like a personnel director. Um, at some point, I'll become familiar with him because it'll start to bubble up probably tomorrow. Uh, but the obvious, you know, touching the shoulder kind of sword moment where, you know, hey, you are the chosen one is Gerard Mayo. Yes. Yeah. That's the, I mean, even the owner has kind of come out and said, this is the next guy. Mm-hmm. So Bill has his replacement, whether he likes it or not. I don't know how he feels about it because you, we all know Bill's not really going to tell how he feels about things. Um, but yeah, Gerard Mayo is the the odds-on favorite to be the next head coach, and and I'll kind of stop here with um with the Patriots, um, and then you can kind of finish off if you want to. But um, if you have a problem with the fact that Steve Belichick is calling plays and Gerard Mayo isn't, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's a good thing because now. Gerard Mayo is not going to sit there and go and play call as a defensive coordinator. And I think one thing that assistant coaches that are, I know that become head coaches and they want that play calling responsibility, whether it's offense or defense, that's kind of a trap they fall into. I feel there are outliers. Andy Reid's an outlier, but it took him forever in and have an exceptional quarterback to finally get a Super Bowl ring, but he play calls and there's debate on if it, you know, meant, you know, it uh, affected Eric Bieniemy's, you know, head coaching candidacy. Um, that's another story. Uh, but I think it's a beneficial thing for Gerard Mayo not to be the play caller on defense. I think it gives him time to kind of see things He's even spoken a little bit about it. I heard him on uh, a soundbite like last week, I think, that uh, you know he was starting to sit in some uh, personnel meetings with coaches, interviews. Uh, I think they're starting to tap him into the draft a little bit. I think this is this is the one of the few steps where you're going to start to see Gerard Mayo at some point is going to be handed the head coaching job for the New England Patriots. I, for one, have zero issues with that. Oh, yeah, no, no me neither. No. Gerard Mayo commands respect. Mm-hmm. He's a voice. He's going to be different than Bill. It's going to be a different experience, but there's going to be shades of Bill with Gerard Mayo. Uh, but he's a different person, which is good. He's different. He's he's not he's not Bill Belichick. You can't expect him to be Bill Belichick. And I think the future is bright when Bill's done. Um, and then 
I think I don't whoever the GM is, I think it's going to be a head coach GM kind of partnership like most other teams are, but that's my two cents on that situation. Yeah, no, and I, I think I think on top of the offense having a more at least cohesive leadership this season and direction uh, on defense, you know, Matt Judon is a beast. Uh, Josh Uche had a had a breakout year last year. He looked great. Uh, Kyle Duggar is going to be one of the best safeties in in the league this year. I, I firmly believe that he's going to get even better. Um, by the way, for all the crap Belichick gets, those are two second round picks back in 2020, as we saw earlier when we looked at the draft. That uh, two second rounders, man, that are really panning out well as cornerstones of the defense. Uh, so I like to hear people mention that instead of just what Belichick doesn't get right. People just love to bag on him. He never gets the credit, you know, at, at nearly the credit he deserves when it, it's good as opposed to when it's bad. Um, but, uh, yeah, as far as the division goes, it's Buffalo. Miami is a crapshoot because who knows the quarterback if two is healthy, if he isn't. If he's healthy and he's playing like he did at the start of last year, then that's a damn fine team there in Miami also, especially if they end up trading for, for Dalvin Cook like the, like, you know, Rumor two, uh, who knows what Dalvin has left, but we'll see. Uh, and Rodgers can make the Jets a competitor. He can definitely make them a wild card team. I don't think they're going to beat the Bills. Um, again, depends which version of Rodgers shows up. If you get the grumpy, you know, if he gets a hair across his ass before before opening weekend, then he's going to go in there all pouty-faced already. Uh, he's probably not going to. He's going to be happy the first few weeks. And if they win, then he'll keep being happy. And if they don't, then he'll blame somebody and it won't be happy. And it'll be the same mess as in Green Bay. This is a pattern with the Rodgers. It's always someone else's right. fault. And there's a lot of young guys on that team. I personally think that the, the biggest factor on that offense is not Aaron Rodgers, it's Brees Hall. Yes. Because that team was 5-2 and two last year with Brees Hall, and they were mowing through people, and Hall was a beast. He was going to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Nothing against Garrett Wilson. But... The fact that they had the defensive rookie of the year and then a guy who won offensive rookie of the year and another guy who probably would have usurped him as offensive rookie of the year had he stayed healthy uh, right. says a lot about the Jets' young talent. However, young talent, when they start like a house of fire, they don't always keep that momentum up because people can figure them out. Right. You never know how that turns out. And then Rodgers is going to help that, hurt that. Who knows? There's a lot of variables. There's a lot up in the air. And for a a a thirty eight year old quarterback who loves to place blame to be the guy to go into by the way the biggest media market in the entire world this isn't Green Bay where you're going to have people playing nice and nice with you because they don't want to piss off Aaron Rodgers this is the New York media so if he's not winning he's going to be miserable in short order either way it's going to be exciting it's going to be a fun division but I still think it's open too I honestly think it. it Call me crazy and call me a homer, and your people are going to, and I really don't care. Patriots defense is good. If the offense can keep them off the field and, and have sustained drives and score touchdowns instead of field goals, this Patriots team is going to compete also. Yep. Are Absolutely. they better across the board than the Bills, uh, the Bills, the Bengals, uh, obviously the Chiefs? No, of course not. Not better across the board, top to bottom, but the sum of the parts is very important. Some of the parts is what got them many championships. When Tom Brady was not the offensive juggernaut he became when he was a, 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 a pretty much a game manager first few years of his career when he won some Super Bowls, 
that's how they did it. The sum of the parts, solid defense, and, and maintaining the football. And they have a team, I believe, that can do that again. Very excited to see what they do with the first pick. Uh, I, for one, think they should have a few guys they're looking at. Uh, mm-hmm. And then if they're not there, just trade down. It's fine. I don't care. Trade down. Get get two second-round picks. Get get, get a second-round pick this year and one next year. Get a couple picks in this draft. I don't really care. It's fine. I don't care. Like, if you're telling me in two years these guys are going to be Duggar and Uche, no problem. Take them. Take five second-rounders. I don't give a shit. That's fine. Do what you got to do. Put a good product on the field. Make the sum of the parts good. That's fine. I don't need to hear a big name. Having said that, your one and only mock draft, sir. Where would you like to well, start since it is your your hard work that got put into this? Um, I feel like we're going to sit a little at the top of the draft. So uh, I'm going to go a un- little unconventional, and we're going to go backwards. Okay. Uh, now, I did send it to you, and I apologize for it not being in a uh, spreadsheet. I can mostly document. read it. Uh, it is a little bit of chicken scratch, but... Um, now, like I told Chris, we're not going to dig into every team uh, deep. I'll give you my thoughts on who it's going to be, uh, but there's a couple of spots, positions that we're going to highlight, um, and, and and we'll start at the bottom of the draft. Um, and we're not starting at 32. Um, Chris, why are we not starting at number 32? Oh, because the Dolphins lost their first-round pick because of tampering. Gotcha. Just got to make sure that narrative's out there because, you know, as it's been pointed out to us multiple occasions, Patriots have lost draft picks, so let's... Uh, oh, there's a Patriots. Uh, it would have been it would have been a front-page ESPN for the next six months, but right. this is so all things, I so make sure, find a rug right. and put I it wanna, under there. Gotcha. I want to make sure it's out there. You know, hey, we can headline this anywhere we want to, but it, it, facts are facts. They do not have a first-round pick because they hampered. That being said, with the 31st pick in the draft, uh, the Chiefs will take Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee. And then I will move right to the Eagles at number 30. And this is where we're going to pause for a second um, because I have, you know, brace yourself, Eagles fans. Let me finish this before you get all bent out of shape. Because (laughs) uh, if I I said this before the season started, you guys would be happy, gleeful, ecstatic about this pick. Um, With the 30th pick, in this selection, uh, Hinton Hooker will be taken, quarterback from Tennessee. Uh, he huh. had an ACL injury. He was a Heisman favorite. He went to Al- He beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa. It's a big, big deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, now it's not going to be the Eagles' selection, though. This is this is a prime position for. Let's see. Uh, if the Colts don't take a quarterback at at uh, number four. They have the 35th pick. They can jump right up. Um, if the Texans don't take a quarterback in their selection at 33, at 33 they can jump up. Let's see. Uh, the Raiders have 38. So if they don't take a quarterback, which I know they have Jimmy G, but how long is Jimmy G long for? About three uh, weeks. They can jump. Right. <laughs> and the Titans have the 40, 41st pick. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility that they could jump up, compile some picks, and move in that direction. Um, that's where I'm leaning, though, Chris, is the Titans jumping up to number 30 and getting Hooker okay. as their future quarterback. Um, 
Well, he won't have to move very far. There's... He went to Tennessee and a college in Tennessee, so right. So it's kind of hometown. Yeah, cooking there. Um, I think this is a. I know they have the eleventh pick in the draft. Uh, I think you can get a because you're not going to get the top tier quarterbacks, and you could go with Anthony Richardson if he drops there. I don't think he's going to be there. We'll unveil that uh, later on. But um, I think Hendon Hooker has the upside. I know he's 25 years old, so he's a little bit on the old side for a rookie. However, that means he's developed. If the knee is healthy, ready to go, he could be inserted this year. That being said, Tannehill is at the end of his contract. Tannehill finishes the, the year, if he does. And then moving into the following year, there's your first round. There's your starting quarterback. And then Hooker has the arm, has a little bit of mobility. Okay. I, he's a big kid. I like the size. I like the arm. I know he didn't go to the com- he didn't do the combine. He didn't do the pro day, obviously, because his his knee injury. Um, I think it's a great selection. And the reason why for this pick, Chris, fifth year option. And it, it kind of makes sense for the Eagles too. I mean, they really don't have a glaring weakness and. Now they won't have to worry about if they trade out of the first round. At least this pick. I don't know if they have another first round. I don't believe they do. They do? The 10th pick in the draft. Oh, okay. So they can get a premier talent there and then trade this one, not have two big, you know, uh, rookie first round pick contracts and have to worry about, you know, fifth year select, fifth year uh, options and things like that. I think probably makes sense for them too. I mean, especially since they just spent all that money on Jalen Hurts. Um, but again, Hallie Roseman's a magician, so he'll figure out whatever. I mean, I, I I can't say enough good things about that guy and everything he keeps doing for that team. Truthfully, your brother was uh, <laughs> your brother was uh, writing me as um, Facebook messages, and we were talking about Roseman and Rose. How do you pronounce? It? I don't know. Um, yeah. And and I like, dude, just couldn't say enough good things about the guy. Honestly, like he yeah. he, he he knows his stuff. He he's smart. And it seems like it's it's math. It's math. Like these teams should be like calling in mathematicians to be like, what are the Eagles doing? Let's make like how do we have a better quarterback than the Giants have? We signed him for more money, and yet we have better cap space and less annual on the books. You have to pay him. If you're the Giants, you're looking at that going, what the hell? How did this? They figure that like how does he do it? Nobody else seems to pick up on it. It's amazing. Well, I mean, you know why the numbers are different, right? No. Because uh, Jalen's still in his last year of his deal. Well, yeah, this year I mean, is the last. This year is the last is of his rookie deal, right? And Daniel Jones is in the first year of his uh, new contract, so that's why the numbers are a little skewed. Oh, no, I get, match it, yeah, I get if that. If you part. match it up four years to four years, the next four years, yes, the numbers work in the Eagles' favor, right. and it looks like you know the the Giants are paying uh, Daniel Jones more than. Uh, Jalen Hurts, but then if you extend it out farther, which I haven't seen the number for full numbers yet, but if you extend it out to his full contract, the numbers are going to favor Jalen Hurts. Plus, he's he I think he's got what almost double the guaranteed money. So it's just a matter of it's a matter of timing. Chris is what it is, and the fact that just think Daniel Jones should be pay, pay, playing on his fifth year option. This season, they declined it. That's why they're paying him. Well, right, but I mean, but I mean, he time and time again just, just, just does. I mean, right. I mean, they won a Super Bowl. 
sadly, to beat the Patriots when the Super Bowl. And then the team kind of fell into a funk. They weren't good for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then they made a series of moves when they had the chance to make them. I mean, how many times do we say, Patriots should go for this guy, Patriots should go for that guy. They have the cap room, they have the draft capital, they have the ability to, this guy's willing to play for them, and it never materializes because I love Belichick, but he's not a Belichick player. It's like, well, make it work. It's a talented football player on your team. And he just does that. I, I mean, for my money, for my money, mm-hmm. best GM in football. I, I think it's – I agree with that. Um, I think it's because, one, the GM and the coach are separate. That's one thing. And number two, mm, yeah, Harry, Howie Roseman and a lot of other GMs have identified one thing. You need a number one uh, wide receiver. You mm-hmm. need a number one, not – a guy that's going to fill the number one spot in your depth chart. I mean, a number one. Yeah, legit number Same one. Same reason. This is this is why the the Vikings at the time the the it was Zimmerman and uh, I don't remember who the GM is, and they're different now. But uh, I think the point still carries is that they smartly. Uh, what was it? I think the team above them selected. Uh, it was the Eagles. They selected Jalen Rager, and they were super ecstatic because. Who did they? Who did the Vikings get in that draft? Right after Jalen Regor. Justin Jefferson. That's right. So <laughs> yeah. it's about, and obviously, you know, uh, I, I went back and forth on, you know, if the Bengals should take Penny Sewell or or Jamar Chase. I slanted in favor of Penny Sewell, but you know, I, I predicted Jamar Chase because Joe Burrow connection. You need a number one receiver. You don't know if T. Higgins is quite a number one receiver, and look what happened. So, mm-hmm. it, I think teams and Howie Roseman came out and said it. He identified a needing a number one receiver. That's what AJ Brown is, and mm-hmm. look where it took him. Now, did they finish the job? No, but that but they are well in position to go right back there this next season. Oh yeah, I think, yeah. I think moves like this, where you have two first round picks, and you can say. Let's drop back into the second round. Let's get ourselves a, a running back or a, for depth or a offensive lineman or, def, or defensive back for depth. That's what they can do on top of getting that, taking that number 10 pick and getting a premier player. Uh, at number 29, we have the Saints taking Washington. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Georgia tight end Dar- Darnell Washington. Which, I, by the way, Chris, I would love if the Patriots picked him. Is he worth uh, it at coach, 14? No. No. He's not. He, he would need to drop down. I think he's worth it somewhere between 20 and, and 30. Okay. 31, sorry. Uh, but big guy, good hands, not great. Look him up. Ignore Brock Bauer for a second. Try to pull yourself away from him and just focus on what Darnell Washington did this year. And you'll appreciate what I'm talking about. Brock Bauer is going to come out next year. Top five pick, wow. guaranteed. Tight end? <clears throat> yes. Wow. Uh, and Darnell Washington is like six, seven, six, eight. So he's, he's a big boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, at <clears throat> 28, out of the Bengals taking Jamar, Jamari Gibbs from Alabama. That's a running back. Okay. Uh, I have the Bills at 27, taking linebacker Jack Campbell out of Iowa. Uh, at 26, I have the Cowboys taking guard Osiris Torrance from Florida. Great name. Uh, fantastic name. I love that. When I saw that, I'm like, ooh, I love that name. Sounds like somebody. Right. It's like a character from The Matrix. Of course you would make a, a Matrix reference. 
All right. At number 25, this is where I want to pause for a second again, Chris. <laughs> the Giants. Yeah, this is puzzling yeah. when I saw this, but I'm waiting for an explanation here. Hear me out, Chris. All right. Uh, yeah. Honestly, honestly, I've heard a lot of chirping on, on Twitter, um, Boston Sports Radio, Boston TV Radio, or TV uh, uh, News, all that stuff about the Patriots taking this guy at 14. So if you think there's a, a scratch in your head on that one, I heard the, the rationale behind it. And I think if, if, if Bijan gets down here, and it's the running back Bijan Robinson out of te- Texas, uh, it makes a lot more sense because Saquon is on a – well, first off, he hasn't signed his franchise no. tag. So there's that part. Um, but Bijan Robinson is excellent in space. He's kind of the same thing as, as Saquon. Um, he just wasn't – I don't know. There, there were some things about the Texas offense that just never clicked. And then uh, Steve Sarkeesian uh, took over, I think, uh, offseason last year. So he hasn't quite got his offense in place yet. Um, I think B. John Robinson has the talent. He's a great running back coming out of the backfield, between the tackles, speed, power, size, everything you want in a running back. Um and I just think the Giants can secure themselves a replacement for Saquon. If now, even if he signs his uh, franchise tenure, you can still play him because there's talk about the Patriots selecting him at 14 and playing him with Ramondre and having them split, having because Ramondre is more of the the you know in the backfield. He'll take the screens. He's got. Good, not great hands. Bijan has a little bit better hands than, than Ramondre. So you can flex him out wide, kind of like you do with Alvin Kamara, a little bit with Saquon. Oh, yeah. A lot, a lot of the same you do with CMC. I think the Giants could benefit from that. Now, I have him dropping all the way there because running backs aren't the flavor anymore. And I think this is a good spot for him. I don't think he makes it past uh, 25 um, even if it's not the Giants, if someone comes up and gets him, uh, I think it's a great, it's a great, I think it's a great pick for the Giants. It really secures their future at running back. It gives Bijan a year to kind of see the NFL speed, not burn his, not, not tear the tread off his tires because they used them a lot down in Texas. And it kind of gives him an idea. If we don't have Saquon, we have Bijan. If we do have Saquon, great. We can split the carries. And then if Saquon wants to go, we let him go to free agency. We move forward with Bijan Robinson under a rookie contract. That's that's my rationale behind okay. it. And it's kind of the same thing with Ramondre in New England because he's he doesn't have a fifth-year option like uh, Saquon does. Um, and so I think he's last year would be next year for a contract. I think next year will be his fourth season so he's got this year and next year that's where i think we're, we're sitting at that um number 24 jalen jalen hyatt from tennessee another that's one of two tennessee player uh quarter uh, wide receivers i'm gonna have selected in the draft uh that's just because the talent was there and um obviously the quarterback uh who was previously selected um 
he just had he had a season, and unfortunately that ACL uh, derailed him. Uh, at number twenty-three, the Vikings taking cornerback uh, Brian Branch out of Alabama. I uh, then have the Ravens at number twenty-two taking Elon Ringo out of Georgia. He is a cornerback. Uh, Chargers at number twenty-one taking wide receiver Quinton Johnston out of TCU. I have bad memories of this gentleman. Uh, he torched the Michigan Wolverine defense. Torched. So, and he's a big boy. There are predictions of him going to New England, but I think uh, those have subsided to some other uh, selections. But, I have a receiver prediction for New England later on, but I, I don't want to spoil your surprise. Gotcha, so, gotcha, gotcha. Um, at number twenty, I have the uh, the Seahawks taking tight end Dalton Kincaid from Utah. Yeah. Uh, the Buccaneers I have taking edge player Miles Murphy out of Clemson. Uh, Lions taking cornerback at number 18, Joey Porter Jr. Yes, that is Joey Porter, All right. Pittsburgh All Steelers' right. son, playing cornerback. However, there is a lot of play. There is a lot of uh, uh, play for Joey Porter going to the Steelers, uh, but. The 17th pick where the Steelers are selecting, I have them taking Devin Weatherspoon, cornerback out of Illinois. I have them taking him. It's a little bit stronger built. I think he's built more for the Pittsburgh style. But I can understand the legacy pick there, too, if the the Steelers took uh, Joey Porter Jr. Uh, Commanders taking tight end uh, Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. Uh, 15. You know, it says the Packers, Chris. Obviously, it's the Jets. Um, this is with the trade in mind. I didn't know if they were going to do the trade with this pick in mind, but that being said, Lucas Van Ness, uh, edge player out of Iowa. Iowa had one of the best defenses in the nation. They had the worst. Period. Dot. End of sentence. The worst offense in the nation. Hmm. Uh, but uh, the Packers, uh, the Jets will get a nice edge player. I think that'll help. That's like this is this is the Jets being able to just pick whoever they want to. This is this is not necessarily uh, a need. This is we're selecting the best player yep. available because we can do that. Good spot to be in. All right, this is where we're going to pause for a second, Chris, because obviously with the number fourteen selection, the New England Patriots are on the clock and they're going to take wide receiver out of the University of Boston College, Zay Flowers. There's first off he wasn't on my radar. I would have went I would have went Jackson Smith and Jigba. I had Quentin Johnson at one point. There's a lot of rumors out of, of Zay Flowers going to New England. He did a lot he did a he did a tryout with them. A lot of interviews. There's a lot of buzz around him. Mm-hmm. He had 78 catches, 1,000 yards, and 12 touchdowns at BC. Now, you're thinking, if you're out there, you're thinking, well, that's that's it's not that impressive. Guys, college football is pretty much dead when you hit the tri-state area. And when I mean tri-state, I mean the upper tri-state. You know, not so, not so much... Pennsylvania, but once you hit New York, college football is kind of just yeah, it's pretty much BC and then nothing. (laughs) 
Yeah, and even BC's like, Not oh, great. well, yeah. there's Matt Ryan, and then that's it. So I like I like what he brings to the table. He's got a little size. He, he high points the ball. It's an interesting pick for them. We'll see if they go that direction, but I think it's a nice play for them for the future. We do have some players coming up. Uh, I think Devontae – I don't think – I don't think Devontae and Kendrick are um, signed after this season. And obviously with Jacoby Myers gone, you do need a little bit of a a security blanket for um, Mac Jones. And I think, I think Zay Flowers could be that guy that, uh, you know, really, really benefits from, you know, having a, a strong quarterback in Mac Jones and just giving him another, another weapon just benefits him. Okay. All right. Do you, do you want to, do you want to say who you had? Do you want me to go now? Do it now. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, you know, look, there's a part of me that's a Patriots fan. That's used to take the best player on the board, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I'm not, not knocking that. I'm not, nothing wrong with that. Sometimes you hit, sometimes you miss. Spent a lot of future hall of famers. The passive draft has been a lot of guys that flopped out and uh, after two or three years, it happens to every team. Um, this year just feels different. There's a lot of talk about them going after primetime receivers in free agency. Is Juju a number one lockdown receiver? No. Is he an extremely good receiver that, with enough pieces on offense, can be extremely effective? Absolutely. Uh, he can be an 80... 90 reception guy with a thousand yards and, and a decent amount of touchdowns. If he has somebody there to take some of the heat off of him, uh, we saw him do it with Antonio Brown before Brown lost his mind or before we knew he lost his mind in, in, in Pittsburgh. And uh, <clears throat> then when he was the guy, he didn't fare so well necessarily. He was more concerned with his TikToks than he was everything else. But by all accounts, while he is a bit of a goof, he's a good guy and he does care about, about doing well on the field. Um, and he's not the kind of guy Belichick would normally go for. So I think Robert Kraft's plea to the fans of, hey, we are going to do what it takes to put a competitive product on this field. Just screams they're going to do something different in this draft they don't normally do. I predict, I'm not going to name anybody else you have on your list here, but I'm just just the team, so we know the, we know the order. Yeah. Uh because of where you have Jackson Smith, how do you say it? Jackson Smith, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jigba. Okay, uh, because we have Jackson Smith and Jigba going in the draft. I don't want to say it; not going to ruin it. You haven't said yeah. him yet, but I think instead of letting that team get him, the Patriots trade up a few spots and take him. Because a lot of things I've heard, I was very surprised to see this many receivers. Not doubting your. Uh, your research, you know far more about college football than I do. I'll admit that all day. But all I've been hearing all offseason, while certainly not an expert, is this is a one-receiver draft, essentially. It's Jackson Smith and Jake Button and everybody else by far. So the first seven, eight, nine teams on this list don't really have need of a receiver, have other needs they have to fill. I could see them trading up somewhere between 9 and 12. Especially 12 at the Texans. I could see that. Right. Swapping picks, giving a little incentive, 
and takes in Jackson Smith and Jigba as being a big guy, a potential number one for Mac Jones for years to come, a guy who has attitude, some swagger. He brings some personality to the offense. Because I don't care how many times Mac Jones does the gritty. <laughs> He's not Mr. <laughs> personality, which is fine. That's who he is. That's his personality. That's okay. But we need some flair. We need some flash on this offense. We need some excitement. We need some attitude. We need some in-your-face. We need someone who's going to fire this team up when they're losing to a damn near college-level Raiders team on a random Sunday before, of course, they'd lateral the ball back and give them the win. We need some people like that on this team. I think for all his faults, Juju will do that. I think Matt Judon does that on the defense. There's guys on defense that do that. There's not a lot of attitude on offense. We need that. This guy's going to bring a swagger to this team as the future, the current, the future, the number one, the ace, the guy Mac Jones can say, he's getting 100 receptions and 1,200 yards every season. I'm quarterbacking. He's getting 10 touchdowns. This guy's the guy. Juju can be the number two. Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne will, will will thrive as number threes. The tight ends will do great. The running back will do great. And it's probably going to cost them a pick swap and maybe I don't even you know what? If you want to if you want to swap first round picks and even throw him your second round pick, I'm fine with that. Go all in on this guy. If he's that good, make the choice. You're not getting Hopkins. You're not obviously you're not getting Odell. He already signed. And that's okay. Bring, pay the price to bring this guy in. As your number one. Because every other team in this division has one and a damn good one. You got uh Diggs with Buffalo, and Gabe Davis is no slouch. He's looking he's looked phenomenal at times last year. You got those guys. You got Jalen Waddle and of course Tyree Kill down in Miami. You have uh uh Garrett Wilson, who I think will be the number one this year with the Jets, and then you know Alan Lazard, and they've added a few other people too. They have a solid receiving core. You get Jackson Smith and Jigba, followed by Juju Smith-Schuster. And you have Devontae Parker, Tyquan Thornton, Kendrick Bourne, the tight ends. You know, you draft another running back later on to pair with uh, Ramondre Stevenson. That he can transform this offense from, eh, all right, cool, let's see what happens, to, oh, let's watch and see what happens. Let's, let's, let's watch this. I want to see what happens. You know, and they never do that. They always go for the guy they think is safe as opposed to the guy they can take the risk on. Is this guy going to be the next Jerry Rice, the next Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams? Who the hell knows what he's going to end up being? But by all accounts, he's going to be more like Jamar Chase than he is Nikhil Harry. (laughs) Uh, So let's get a little bit of draft capital, move up four or five spots, take this guy, and be done with night one with your number one receiver in your pocket. Good to go. That being said, they probably trade in the second round and take an offensive lineman. But <laughs> I can dream. And I think if it's a year it's going to happen where they're going to move up and they're going to take that guy, it's this year. Well, I I have no issues with anything you said there. <laughs> I've, literally, I have nothing, no, nothing negative to say about that. I do think Jackson Smith and Jigba is the best re- receiver in the draft. Uh, his 2021 or 2020, 2020, 2021 stats bear it out. 95 touchdowns, 1600 yards, and 10 and nine touchdowns. So the detraction for Jackson Smith and Jigba is the fact that he did not play last year. Uh, I'm sorry, he played one game, five receptions, 43 yards, and then he got injured and. 
there's rumors about how injured he was and the veracity behind his injury. And was he just getting ready for the draft because it was too risky for him? It was more risk for him to play and get injured than to not play and potentially hurt his draft stock. I I do prescribe to that logic that he was going to risk more not play uh, was going to risk more playing than not playing. However, uh, I do, the only reason why I have Zay Flowers going to the Patriots is because at number thirteen, now that it's the Packers' pick, uh, I have Jackson Smith and Jigba going to the Green Bay Packers, um, and I have Jordan Addison going to the Texans at number 12, who's another wide receiver. He's out of USC. Wow, you think they take him in front? Yes. I think uh, they like his size a little bit better. Uh, He's a little bit more talented. Yep. Uh, That makes it even easier for me in my book, because if they're not even looking at Jackson Smith and Jigba, if the Texans aren't even, if you don't even think that they they, they like his size more at at number... uh, 12. Uh, number 12, then it's even more possible that somebody who's looking for at, at Jackson Smith and Jake Book could just jump up. I mean, if the Pats are really looking at him and they're not completely sold on Zay, uh, on Zay Flowers and they'd rather just have Jackson Smith and they want him and the Texans aren't going for him, it, that, that'd be an easy swap. I mean, you could probably just swap picks and, and, and throw in a third or fourth rounder too. Mm-hmm. And just swap the picks. You get your guy. Packers probably aren't going to take him, and then you can take him at you know at fourteen where the Pats were. Um, I really just think this is the year, man. I really just think if they're going to make a move and they're going to pull a surprise, yeah. I mean, it's possible they just stand pat, and, and no pun intended. They just mm-hmm. stand pat and 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 draft the best player or trade down and it is what it is like i'm not going to freak out about it we've drafted great players in the sixth round we drafted great players in the first round i just don't if there's an opportunity at a guy who's a game-changing receiver especially with so much talent at receiver in this in this division and conference in general i i would just hate to see him not do it and end up with another well we think dk metcalf is way too hit or miss so we're going to go with Nikhil harry he's way more consistent and then look what happens Terry's right. probably not even going to be in the league next year. If he is, not in a prominent role. And yeah. Metcalf is a stud. So it's like, eh, they, they could have had Nick Chubb, but he went for Sony Michelle. That Sony Michelle was more consistent. And then Nick Chubb has only been the best back in the league pretty much since he entered the league. So just go for it. Do it. You have a young quarterback. You have a really good defense that can only get better. You have mm-hmm. a new offense with offensive weapons that are in this – your offense coordinator is building the offense around the players you have, not trying to fit them in like a puzzle. Uh, like Belichick was trying to fit everybody in like the, the old Brady offense. Do it now. Make the move. Make the splash. Become a player again. Mm-hmm. Just do it. One could argue, Chris, that Mac Jones was the safer play in that draft too. Um, yeah. When they, when they drafted him. So, I don't. I don't disagree with what you say. I think when we go to the next two selections, uh, at eleven, the Titans at eleven and the Eagles at ten. Those things. I think those two positions are prime position. If the Patriots wanted to jump up, yep, that you jump up right there and you totally. say, especially since they have a, a relationship with the Titans, and 
uh, they have a good working relationship with the Eagles that you could absolutely move up and say, if you want Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think Jackson has the most upside. Um, I think Zay Flowers they like because they think he's going to be a good pro uh, and just a solid player. And that's what they like. They like known commodities. They like to know that they're going to get a good player, especially when they're in the, in the this in this realm of, of the draft. Uh, they're not here often. They're they're usually in the twenties or lower, um, but I can absolutely see them moving up to eleven or ten, and just you know give up a second round pick, whether it's this year or next year, and get Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, I think I agree. He is the best wide receiver in this draft. Um, you know, Jordan Addison has his his detractions. So does Zay Flowers. So does Quentin Johnson, the two t- the two wide receivers out of Tennessee. Um, I think Jackson is outside of him not playing this year, which was probably his, his mark is that he didn't play, um, which is probably why he's not in the top 10. So you could argue it did affect his draft stock. I don't think it drafted it, uh, affected it too much. And as you pointed out, there's not a lot of need in that top seven, eight draft picks that really need a wide receiver. So, um, but with the 11th pick, uh, the, the Titans are going to take edge rusher uh, Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. Uh, and the Eagles are going to take offensive lineman Roderick Jones out of Georgia. He plays tackle. They absolutely need to get ready for uh, kind of a turnover on offensive line because I think they had someone retired this past offseason and then a couple of the other ones are not too much far behind them. Uh, at number nine, the Bears are going to take cornerback Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon, arguably the number one corner in the draft. Uh, Falcons offensive line taking offensive lineman Paris Johnson out of Ohio State. Uh, that's a tackle and something they desperately need. Uh, at number seven, now Chris, you see what it says at number seven, and mm-hmm. you see what it says at number three. Well, mm-hmm. that's where a trade's going to happen right there. Okay. So the the Raiders and the Cardinals are going to trade. The, the Cardinals are going to come down to number seven, and your the Las Vegas Raiders are going to move up to number three. That that was funny because I'm like the Raiders don't or the Cardinals don't need that position, but that makes right. more sense. Uh, so the the Cardinals do need offensive line help. Peter Skinorski out of Northwestern is um, kind of the best offensive lineman he's guard tackle maybe a little bit more guard than tackle but uh him and paris johnson are kind of t- you know neck and neck for the best offensive lineman in the draft but uh the cardinals they need to protect kyler and i'm gonna leave it at that number six this is uh this is gonna be a contentious pick because there's a lot revolving around this player right now uh, he was arguably going to be a top three pick, top two pick. Um, you could argue he's the best pick. He would be, he could be a, a, the first pick in the draft. Uh, I have the Lions take a defensive tackle, Jalen Carter, out of Georgia. Mm, now, okay. He had that issue with the um, the guns. Yep. Um, he had to leave the combine. Uh, he was booked and then uh, bailed out and then. Did his pro day, 
Uh, there's a lot around this. Is it character issue? Is it one mistake? You could argue either way. Um, what's his name? The 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 tackle with the uh, Texans, offensive tackle with the Texans. Can't think of the top by head. Oh um, God. Um, you know what I'm talking about where he had Laramie the, uh, Tunsil. Thank you. Um, so he wore a gas mask on an Instagram post pre-draft, and he was smoking marijuana. It affected his draft stock. Still a first-round pick, but it affected him. Uh, and Larry Mitzunsel's been traded by the Miami Dolphins to the Texans years ago in a huge trade, but he's been probably one of the best tackles in the league. That's one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is obviously Henry Ruggs III, and I'll leave it at that. Um, but I think the Lions, the Lions need pressure up the middle to free up their edge guys. Uh, they had the two rookies, Aiden Hutchinson, and I can't think of the other kid uh, that had a nice little season as a rookie. Um, but putting Jalen Carr in the middle just is going to disrupt the run game and disrupt the the quarterback and allow the the edge guys Hutchinson especially, uh, get around the corner and get to the quarterback. If you can put pressure on the quarterback, you don't need great corners, great safeties, outstanding linebacker play if you could just put the quarterback on his ass. And at number five, I have Seattle take a defensive end, Will Anderson, who was a Heisman hopeful in 2022. I think he was actually... Um, top five and then didn't have a great season but Alabama didn't have a a superb season this year but um, Seattle needs pass rush Mm -hmm. there's your answer there you go all right top four Chris now if you've been paying attention to the draft (laughs) the mock drafts of other people out there you know rumors all that you'll notice I have said one quarterback so far and that was all the way at 31 or 30. So obviously the top four picks are all quarterbacks. It's just a matter of where they filter out. Uh, I've gone back and forth between all four of these guys. I had, I actually had it mixed up before and I kind of settled on this. I know there's some opinion about where players are going to go now. It's kind of shifted over the past few days. But I'm just going to land on this and go with it. I got the Colts taking quarterback Will Levis out of Kentucky. I don't like him. I would I would I would take Hendon Hooker over uh, Will Levis seven days a week and twice on Sunday. Wow. Okay. I just don't like Will Le- what Will Levis brings to the table. Uh, great. He looks great on TV and he looks great on uh, uh, you know passing the ball when there's nobody else there. I don't so, like what he, I don't like what I see on tape. So. so you're not you're not buying his uh his apparently viral uh uh comments that that said uh he's already talked to the Panthers they're taking him number 1. I, I, don't, I don't buy that. I don't, <laughs> I don't either. That. I think it's insane. They'd have to be think, that would be the that would be the fumble of all fumbles if they had other prospects and took him at number 1 when he's in some drafts not even a first round pick. I mean, I wouldn't take him first. I mean, it was it was so believable at one point, Chris, that a lot of the betting sites had to take off the first overall pick off 
and pay people back because the rumor started and it wasn't founded as a, you know, it wasn't a founded rumor. It was actually just thrown out there and it caught fire. Yep. And the numbers just jumped. So they had to take it off and then they re-put it back on because right now, as we speak, on DraftKings, uh, Bryce Young is negative 1,600 uh, favorite for the number one pick. Basically, you'd be stupid to pick anybody else, and you'd be stupid to waste any money picking Bryce Young because you're just not going to get a return on investment. Um, but that's just one site. It's kind of the same all around. Basically, Bryce Young is going to be the first overall pick. They've kind of, even this morning, um, Frank Reich said that they made the decision. They're just yeah, not going to say, yep. it, obviously. But... Um, and that's yeah. got to be that's got to be coached by the NFL to not say anything anymore, right? Because I mean, the draft was such a big deal. Yeah. Like I know teams used to when they had the first pick, they would just sign the guy before the draft even started. Right. Or they'd announce who they were going to pick. That anymore. And they're not yeah, gonna, you're not you're not going to see that anymore, even if you know two months ahead of time. I mean, they've known who they were going to take for a month now. Let's be real. Yeah. I think there's just a lot of rumor conjecture. Um, I I just know who they I I believe who they're going to pick. Uh, with number the three pick. Uh, the now Raiders pick, uh, they're going to take Anthony Richardson. Do I love Anthony Richardson? No. Uh, I, again, I would take Hidden Hooker over Anthony Richardson too, because I think Hidden Hooker is more of a finished product. He's got the tools. He's got what you need. Yes, he's a little bit older than Hidden Hook uh, than uh, Anthony Richardson, but I like what Hidden Hooker brings to the table. Anthony Richardson hasn't proved it enough at the college level. Again, same thing as Will Levis. He looks great in shorts and with nobody bearing down on him. I want to see him on the field, which is why I think the Raiders is a good spot because then Jimmy G just goes out there and play. And if you suck and you think Anthony's ready, then you throw him in. But if you don't suck and you're playing good and you're going well, well, now you're a playoff team with with Jimmy G. Gives Anthony Richardson the year to kind of get speed up to the, the speed of the NFL. Sure, and now and now you're you're set for the future, hopefully. And uh, number two, uh, there's a lot of contention on whether or not the Texans might actually trade out of this pick. I don't buy it. I think they're stupid um, if they do. I think they're stupid if they take Will Levis. I think they're stupid if they take Anthony Richardson. Um, I can argue each point on who should be taking number one. It's just a matter of what you want more of. Do you want a guy who is polished, probably one of the best pocket passers coming out of the, the draft out of college in recent years, uh, makes every throw, can drop it in a bucket. Yes, he had supreme talent. I can understand that. But he's got great arm talent. And he almost he almost beat Georgia in the playoff this year. Whatever you think of the last play of the game, I, I, that's not that's either here nor there. I'm talking about what, what he did. He tore up Georgia's defense, which is astonishing because Georgia has one of the best defenses the past five years. So, But I would take C.J. Stroud uh, with the Texans. Uh, and then obviously that leaves Carolina to take Bryce Young at number one uh, with the Carolina Panthers. I just think if I'm the Panthers, I have the opportunity to put my stamp the division down right now 
with Bryce Young. Or wait a year or two, build up enough pieces around C.J. Stroud and possibly have long-term you know, sustainability as the elite team in the uh, NFC South. I would go with Bryce Young. I still think he can, you know, be a long-lasting quarterback, 10-plus years in that division. But I think you can win now more with Bryce Young than you can with C.J. Stroud. You need to put pieces. The Texans have some pieces. The Texans can also, possibly, if they wanted to at number 12, if he's there, take Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, Because there is now this pattern that quarterbacks from universities want their number ones. Look at Jamar Chase with what he's done. Um, Try to think of there's one other example that I can't think of off the top of my head. I'm going to think of it afterwards, but uh, there's like one other example of a quarterback wide receiver duo uh, in recent history that's, that's playing in the pros. But uh, when I think of it, I'll, 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 I'll mention it, but um, I think that's a, a strong possibility that CJ Stroud is hooked up with um, Jackson Smith. Uh, however, I think the Texans might suck enough next year where that's, it'll be a moot point because they'll have Marvin Harrison Jr. as their number one receiver. Uh, but that's for next year. Uh, so that kind of puts a bow on the 2023 uh, mock draft. Um, probably going to get maybe three right. Okay. I can actually look on your face. This is going to be crazy, but it's an idea. And I agree with the first uh, the first two picks. Um, and I think the, the Raiders would be smart to get their QB of the future at three. And, and the Colts, obviously, they have the fourth pick already, and there's a quarterback there to take them. They probably will. Uh, no pun intended. Um, what if? Okay, so hear me out here. The Texans keep saying they're not going to draft a quarterback. What if they're not lying? What if, what if they decide we got early first round picks, we got to make a splash, we're really not paying anybody here, and we can bring in some receivers later on in the draft. What if they take the two pick, their first round pick next year, and they flip it to Baltimore for Lamar Jackson? Baltimore can then take Stroud, whoever they want to take. Start okay. At some point, if you're Baltimore, you got to just say, "Well, we don't know what's going on here. We we have to we have to have a direction we're going in." Is it possible? Even I don't know. It's a wild theory. But the Texans aren't going to be great next year either. They can flip a, a number two and another high pick to Baltimore, get Jackson, get whatever he wants for money, bring him in. Now you have your star quarterback. They had a good running back, Pierre Pierre. Uh, oh God, what's his name? Um, yeah, I, first about, I can't, bring, I can't uh, the, the running back the, the last year for for the Titans. He had a really nice rookie year. Uh, yeah. Pierre Strong. Pierre Strong, I believe. Um, no, Pierre Strong. No, Pierre Strong's based with Patriots. Patriots. Uh, I forgot the – sorry, running back for Houston. I forgot your name, dude. My bad. You played for Houston, so it's kind of your fault. Um, but he's the – they have offensive line is decent. The defense isn't the best, but, I mean, they can build that. And, I mean, it, it's somewhere for him to go where he's – in a warm climate, at least half the games, and probably even more when you break down the odds of where they're going to play in, in, in the colder weather. Uh, just a thought. They have the picks. They're high picks. They need a quarterback. Do they rebuild with a guy? Or do they take a known commodity? 
and someone who's going to help him sell a crap ton of jerseys. Um, because quite honestly, my my only, my only reason I even go this way, and I know it's crazy, and do I think it's going to happen? No, I don't even know if it's possible the way that contracts and 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 deadlines things are structured in the league. I have no idea, but I can't like teams are filling needs during the draft. No one's going to draft a high round quarterback, and then say, "Oh, now we're going to trade for Lamar." Like that, that's not if you're going to trade for him, it's because you don't have a future quarterback. That's why I thought maybe the Jets doing that was a would, would have been a good move. I'm glad they didn't because that would have been dangerous. But like, I don't know where he goes now. It's it's got to be back to Baltimore, or for a team that isn't really in contention. That's really could he get traded options. to Washington? Sure, he could get traded to Washington, mm-hmm. especially with new ownership looking like it's on the way. Uh, could go to a number of other teams that have kind of fringe. Starters, kind of, you know, not really the future, but a guy who's going to fill in for a few years. I, I don't know. It's it's almost like if it isn't done by tomorrow, because as you're recording this, the draft is a little over 24 hours away from starting. Mm-hmm. Uh, haven't heard anything. And hell, Schefter reports on things even if they aren't true. So, like, if he had heard <laughs> any, if he had heard anything at all, even true or not, he would have reported it, and he hasn't. So, there's clearly nothing going on out there, or it's the best kept secret in all of sports. So, I mean, it, it, where does Lamar go after this? If it isn't, it's back to Baltimore, or does he really potentially sit out a year? I mean, that doesn't make a lot of sense because then Baltimore just still has the same contractual control over him they had before. So that doesn't really benefit him at all. And I think he dug his heels in so much. He's probably cost himself some money at this point. And it's made everybody raise kind of some eyebrows as to like, well, you know, I I don't know. It's a very weird situation. I thought it'd be solved by now. I thought he'd have a team by now, whether it be by trade or anything. I thought Indy would have made a move. And I still wouldn't be surprised if they do. If they don't take a quarterback, it still could happen. I if just don't know. Up, yeah, if, if if we get to ten o'clock tomorrow, and he's he's still, you know, under the franchise tag in Baltimore, mm-hmm. I think that that's where he stays. Yeah, I mean, it would have if to you're be. if you're if you're the Baltimore Ravens, um, you you need to make you need to make the move now because you can't you can't get those draft picks for next year you're 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 kind of built i don't want to say now but you do have the pieces in place to have a successful year like you're not a slouch the baltimore ravens have a good team they're not great but they're good and they just they just need lamar on the field which changes the the atmosphere of the team uh but they kind of need to know tomorrow if if they're gonna have Lamar as their starting quarterback, or if yeah. he's traded somewhere else, and now they have that draft capital where they can make the trades or make the or, or draft players or whatever it is that they're gonna do. Um, but they kind of need. I think they need a, a resolution by tomorrow. Otherwise. They need him to sign the the franchise tenure or come to a contract agreement, 
or they're they're going to have to hold them up for a pretty penny to try to get enough draft capital to to you know really be able to build for the future but i don't think any team's going to give up that much to to get lamar i just think it's i think it's now i think it's the next 24 hours is going to speak loud to the future of lamar what the ravens are going to do should i've gotten here probably not but you can understand both sides. Lamar wants his, right. Lamar wants his money at the value he thinks it has, and the Baltimore Ravens want to give him a contract, but they also don't want to kill themselves because they know he has a higher risk of being injured uh, other, outside of other quarterbacks. You know, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes. They can get injured, just not to the degree of Lamar because Lamar's exceptional talent is the fact that he can break the pocket and make plays. He's a video game. <laughs> and that is just disrupts the defense and what they do. You can have the perfect plays in place, and he can just make it look stupid. So if I'm, if I'm a team out there, honestly, at this point, I've done my draft process. I've, I've done my research screw what the ravens want what they need i'm gonna go into the draft see what see what's there see what i can get if i can make a move for lamar great then you're pressuring the ravens to make a move otherwise after the draft if you don't get what you want you uh, you you still have the leverage over the baltimore ravens because you could sit there if you're let's say the colts don't get what they want or the Texans don't go for a quarterback, but they can't get the, the they don't want to make the compensation deal for Lamar. We'll go in with Davis. We'll go with Davis Mills, or right. if you're the Colts, we'll go in with Sam Ellinger, or we'll draft someone in the second round. Maybe we'll move up and get in Hooker. Well, R.I.P. Um, Jonathan Taylor's value. Yeah. Um. True. Uh. But then you just get ready for the next season, next next draft, because you're gonna you're gonna suck all season. Um, if you're the Tennessee Titans, same thing. Just obviously, I don't think he'll be traded to the Titans. I think they would go with a younger quarterback. But if it if it is the case, I wait till after the draft. I there's a few teams I would do I would push for now, and the Ravens have to push every team they want. You know, if they're any any interest, push the teams now because after the after the draft's over, it's you're. You're kind of screwed at this point. You need, you need Lamar to sign that franchise tag, is what you need. Yeah, and, and, and I know we got we got both got stuff to do. We've run a little long, but I just real quick, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, and I'm doing this under the guise of the draft kind of played out the way you just, you know, you just told us it would play out. Yeah. So if you look at either teams that said they aren't interested in him, it just isn't their play style or they already have a young quarterback they're developing or would be drafting a young quarterback. By looking at it, there's no team in the AFC East that needs him or would get him. The AFC North, he's already in with Baltimore. Steelers, Browns, and Bengals have their quarterbacks. Uh, the South, Jags have their guy. Uh, if Houston and Indy take quarterbacks, they're not going to need it. Tennessee, they're going to be a complete rebuild. Derrick Henry has another year or two there, maybe, and they're going to be completely rebuilding that offense. Uh, Chiefs and Chargers definitely don't need him in the West. Broncos have Russ, and they don't have room to any any other movement. Uh, Raiders, you said they would be trading um, 
They'd be trading down to take it. So nobody in the AFC needs him. If, if the draft plays out the way it is. AFC is not an option for him. So he's going to the NFC, right? Yeah. So then we look at NFC East. You have the Commanders. That's a possibility. Uh, probably not going to get traded to the Packers. Bears have their guy. Lions, I think, are kind of happy staying with Goff for now. Vikings, for some reason, still with Cousins, so he's not going to the North. Uh, the Panthers are going to have their guy. The, the Saints just signed Carr. Uh, Falcons, maybe. Maybe Atlanta, probably not Tampa Bay. They're going to be in salary cap purgatory for the next couple of years. And then you have the West... Niners have more than one person they're thinking of. The Seahawks just signed Geno. They're not going to go sign somebody else. The Rams, who knows? Cardinals don't need them. Maybe the Rams. So you might have like four to five fringe teams that might be interested. And, and this is assuming, of course, they have the cap space to sign them, which some of those teams don't because they're going to be in salary cap purgatory too. Like the Rams are going to be shoveling things around for a few years after all their extensions after their Super Bowl year. And it's a matter of having the draft picks, too. You have to have two first-round picks, which is why I think some teams are waiting until after the draft to see because then they'll have that pick next year if they don't have one this year and in the following year. But there's not a lot of options left, and especially quality teams. None of those teams I named are teams where you're like, yeah, Lamar's going to go there. It's going to be a championship-caliber team because you're going to have the same problems, either suspect offensive line, not a great receiving core, the defense is shaky, the play calling isn't great. Management and coaching are kind of up in the air. Like, he's not going to want to go to that situation. He's not going to voluntarily go there when he has stability in Baltimore, at least. Um, yeah, I think if he, if, if, like you said, by the time the first round's over tomorrow, if Lamar Jackson has not been moved, he's going to be a Raven next year, whether he's on the field or not. Maybe Miami might pull something post draft. Maybe swap with Tua and a few first round, but. I can't even see that because they have they had success last year when Tua was healthy. He was perfectly fine. He was really good, in fact. He had a great start and then just got hurt with the concussions. I don't know where he goes. This is this is incredibly bizarre. You just don't see quarterbacks of his caliber just not knowing where they're going to be the following year this for this long. It's it's so bizarre. Yeah, it's only ultimately up to Lamar and the Ravens to figure it out or the Ravens to figure out what they're going to do. I think it's just, it's just, <laughs> I said it before, I'll say it again. There are so many teams right now that just, they do need a quarterback, but they're about to resolve their quarterback issue mm-hmm. in 24 hours. Yep. You're striking off. I'm striking off at least five teams. Yeah. Off the list. And if this goes into next year, like if he plays under the franchise tag and he's okay, not great, is injured, but plays enough to get him in the playoffs and we're in the same situation where they franchise him again, it is a higher figure, what have you. But now you're, now you, you're looking at teams – that are going to try to draft and maybe they're going to look at their future and they're going to do the research and it, it's, it's musical chairs right now. We're not with, this is not the early to mid two thousands where you have 10, 15 quarterbacks and the rest is crap. Yeah. We're at the point where 
Never been higher that I can remember. Never been higher. You got, play a, yeah, you got a handful of positions that are available and the draft is taking those guys and putting them into positions. And yes, at the end of the season, we'll see some holes open up. Maybe the Titans, the Washington commanders, maybe they don't figure it out. Maybe uh, Aaron Rodgers only plays one season. Who knows what else is going to happen, but you know the Bucks. Maybe they they don't quite figure it out this year, and they need to go in the draft. Like there'll be there'll be spots. It's just not going to be a plethora of spots like they're used to. Yeah, and that's kind of what he's running into right now. Is that his his value is tied to Baltimore Ravens, and that's where the problem is. It. He overplayed his hand. I like Lamar. I've always been a Lamar fan. I, I've said from the beginning, I thought he was going to get his contract extension. I thought he was going to get a hell of a contract extension. But, you know, at this point, we just saw a guy, too, who Jalen Hurts has had some injury concerns. He got his contract. Eagles didn't even scoff at it because he didn't want fully guaranteed money because that, that way, if it's not fully guaranteed, you can give them incredibly nice bonuses and still have cap room and room to move around. If it's fully guaranteed, it's on the cap no matter what. It's like it doesn't it doesn't it's not working with the team. He wasn't going to get a Patrick Mahomes contract fully guaranteed. He wasn't going to get a Josh Allen contract fully guaranteed. Right. Joe Burrow's not going to get a fully guaranteed contract. Neither is Justin Herbert. These guys are going to get massive paydays, despite the fact that quarterback play has never been higher, as far as I can remember, across the league. Right. He just, he overplayed his hand, and now he's just kind of sitting there like not knowing what to do. Go to Baltimore, tell them, look, fine, I'll, I'll ease off the fully guaranteed money. Give me a nice, give me a hell of a signing bonus. He's going to get 150 plus million signing fully guaranteed. Yeah. It'll be fine. He's already generationally wealthier than he was when he walked in. So just, if you really want to play Lamar, yeah, you try to stake in your stand. Don't cut off your nose to spite your face, man. Right. Either make it Baltimore or a team that wants you. Just get on the field and play because you're way too talented to not be on the field playing for somebody on Sunday. It's insane. And fully guaranteed contracts just aren't ever going to happen in the NFL on a consistent basis. Here and there maybe as an outlier, it's not going to happen. It's not how it's structured. It should be. It should be how much these guys get banged around, but it's just not. So you got to play within the system you're a part of. And Lamar's overplayed his hand, unfortunately, and I really want to see the guy on the field. So I'm hoping he can figure it out. Anything else? Are you good? I'm all set. All right. That's going to do it for episode 202. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions about this episode, past episodes, or anything sports-related at all, Ben and I would love to hear from you. And where can they get in touch with us? Well, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTSPod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. The website, BCTSPod.com. And Instagram, Ben underscore Chris Talk Sports. If you have not done so yet and you feel so inclined, please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast, leave a rating, a review, subscribe, and ask a friend to do the same. We greatly appreciate the support. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here next Wednesday. Thank you.